All right, welcome back into another episode of the Fourth Down Football Show. I'm your host, Matt. Uh, Going to be talking a little college football with Mel, a little NFL with my guy Kyle as well. Um, really a pretty exciting week in both both college football and the NFL. Saw some upsets in college football, some close games, some good games in the NFL. Saw some upsets, saw some close games, some good games. My Eagles won, Penn State lost, so I'm a little split on the weekend. Um, but, hey... I'm going to dive right into it, so uh, yeah, let's go talk a little NFL with Kyle. Bringing in our guy, Kyle, talk a little NFL. Um, his Giants got the win yesterday. My Eagles got the win. Uh, the final scores were a little bit different. The games were a little bit different, but uh, either way, we both got we both got the wins there. Um, we're going to cover a couple games. What games were you talking about, Kyle? Yeah, so I figured we'd talk about... Uh... You kind of hit it there with my Giants. Um, and then we'll kind of get into the storyline of the Bills going down against the Patriots. Um, and the Lions, man. What's up with that? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get just, into that. Just when we were starting to believe in them a little bit. It's like, <laughs> hey, you go out and get blown out by the Ravens. Which Ravens are a good team, um, but I don't know that you... You were supposed to be like a top three team in the NFC, and now you, yeah. Anyway, we're not deep diving into that quite yet. So, um, you know, we'll we'll start with your Giants. You get a chance to catch most of the game. Yeah, yeah, I, I I got most of it. You know, I was I was coaching a little bit yesterday, but you know, I was able to I was able to still watch them. Kind of a ugly game, from what I un- understand. Fourteen seven, fourteen seven final against the Commanders and. I mean, I believe Tyrod still started that game, right? He did, yeah. Yeah, so you don't know exactly what to expect from Tyrod Taylor. He has days where he looks like a competent, you know, below average NFL quarterback, but, like, not a backup. And then there's other days where he's not the uh, not the most prolific quarterback on the field, that's for sure. Um, Giants win, but their offense really does not get going at all and uh, I'm sure you got some things to say about that so go ahead yeah so for me uh I I go into these weeks not expecting much out of my Giants man I I really don't um so no matter if it's an ugly win or whatever it is a win is a win in my book and I will take it any day of the week when I'm a Giants fan so Tyrod Taylor I thought he looked good for for what he has to work with um (laughs) I (laughs) I loved that Darren Waller was getting involved. That was a that's a big thing that I've been preaching about. Uh, Saquon Barkley did his thing. I'm not worried about him. He's he's gonna go out there every week and do his thing no matter what. Um, Jalen Hyatt looked good, dude. I, I I liked what I saw out of him. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll give props to the defense as well. You know this this defense held their own against this Commanders offense, which uh, I I don't think that the Commanders offense gets too too much love and i understand why no. i do but they 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 have some uh they got some pieces over there that's legit you know terry mclaren doing his thing as he always does um, definitely but yeah i mean like i said man uh a win's a win i'm excited about it um i'm gonna take whatever the hell i can get out of uh out of this this giants team but uh yeah i mean i i think if they if they want any shot of making that interesting, they need to uh, just continue this. That's what it comes down to. I think uh, it was pretty big, Tyrod Taylor not turning the ball over at all. No fumbles or interceptions. Um, now, Giants still lost two fumbles, which, I mean, could have been the difference between another touchdown or, you know, a couple field goals in the game to extend that lead a little bit more. But, like you said, you got the job done in a – Ugly, ugly fashion, that's for sure. But yeah, I think a big part is definitely getting Darren Waller involved a lot more. He was your leading receiver, seven receptions, 98 yards, and a touchdown in that game. And that's huge for a guy that you went out and traded for with expectations for him to sort of be your number one receiver in a way because you can't count on uh, rookie Jalen Hyatt, I don't think, 
to be your number one receiver. He's your number one wide receiver probably, but he's not your uh, number one target most likely. That's definitely going to Waller in my book at least because he's a weapon when he's when he's on after the catch and he's got great hands as well. Um, Barkley, I mean, listen, he, he hasn't had consistently had the explosive factor that he did in Penn, at Penn State and in his first year in the NFL recently. Yeah. But you'll take, I guess you'll take 21 carries, 77 yards. Like I said, not explosive, but you're grinding it out. He's at least finding the holes, being patient, you know, working to get something out of nothing, or at least, you know, not getting tackled for a loss behind that crappy Giants offensive line. Um, Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have much to work with, so it's good that he's, making the best of it that he can. But, like, at this point for the Giants, I'm not sure how much these games necessarily (laughs) matter anyway. Whether Daniel Jones comes back or not, it's like your offense didn't look great with Daniel Jones and Saquon. And, like, what do you have to look forward to? I I hate to say it about the Giants for your sake, but, like, they messed up signing Daniel Jones to this big contract because, like, you're stuck with him now pretty much. I mean, maybe you can trade him to eat some of that and eat some of that contract, but other than that, you're in a tough spot here. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to deny that at all. Um, I'm not going to let my bias, my fan bias, get in the way because um, I have said on this podcast more than once before. Um, I was against the Giants drafting Daniel Jones uh, to begin with. I was against him getting reps over Eli Manning, even though, even me. My, my favorite athlete of all time is Eli Manning. And I will say that he was way past his prime. There was no reason for him to be out there if he didn't have to be. But guess what? Daniel Jones was not the guy. And I would have taken Eli Manning any day over him, no matter how bad Eli was and in his, uh, in his end of his career there. But um, no. So like I said, I was against him drafting him. I was against him starting at all. You know, I, I feel like we, we picked a backup quarterback with the sixth overall pick. That's what I yeah. felt. I've always felt that way. And, uh, yeah, so now we're going to have to we, – we made our bed, now we got to lie in it. That's what it comes down to. You know, I mean, I was against this contract when I first heard about it. Uh, I wanted to pay Saquon over him. Um, you know, and I understand you don't pay running backs that money. But guess what? If you're going to allocate it somewhere, allocate it to a guy who's actually going to make a difference, and that's Saquon Barkley. So like I said, um, yeah, Daniel Jones is not the guy. He hasn't been. He never was, and he never will be. I'm sorry. He won't. Um, but, hey, we got Tyrod Taylor. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough, especially when you see such a quarterback-rich draft like this year with yeah. lots of explosive guys like Caleb Williams, like Michael Penix, like all these Bo Nix, all these guys. And then you see that you're stuck with this guy who – struggles turns the ball over a lot is not great in prime time and you're like oh yeah that's great we just signed him to a big contract over the offseason we're stuck with him for a while when it's like hey we're gonna be drafting the giants are probably gonna be drafting within the top 15 i mean you would think so it could be top 10 yeah so the spot's gonna be there if they're interested um it's tough because take it you take it It's tough because you're going to be saying, well, we're paying Daniel Jones top five quarterback money in the league, and he's going to be our backup, or he's going to you know, have to fight for his job to one of these rookies. But the NFL is a brutal league to be in. I mean, I, that was a very, very fleshed out sentence. I don't know why I said it so slow, but it is a brutal league to be in, and... It's tough. You're going to have to cut your losses and be like, hey, we got to move on because this is not the answer right here. So I don't know. I'm not as deep in Giants land as you. Is that talked about as a possibility or not really, you don't think? Between the fans, it is. Um, Mm. Fans want the Giants to get a quarterback. Uh, I'm probably one at the top of that list. I have been preaching for the Giants to get a quarterback. And it... It's just it, it sucks because when you allocate all that money to one player in the NFL, um, that's that's a huge um, commitment. And when it's a yeah. guy like Daniel Jones, that's even a bigger commitment. 
So the fact is, if the pick is there, you got to do it. I'm sorry, you have to. Because if not, you're, and you're stuck with this for another three years, there's not much you can do because you got all the money there. So, like I said, um, I have a feeling they're going to go O-line in the draft, which I'm not going to be mad about. Not at all. 100%. I, I, that, that is it's a huge need. But when it comes down to it, no matter how good of an O-line you have, if you don't have somebody out there but under center doing his job, it's not going to mean shit. And that's what the biggest issue is going to be with the Giants going forward for the next three years. Yeah, quarterback is the most important position in sports, a lot of people will say. You yeah. know, it's the most important position to have to get right. And when you don't, it's hard to build around that. A good quarterback can cover up a lot of issues, but it's tough to cover up a good quarterback. And the Giants or a bad quarterback. So the Giants are trying to do that right now. And like I said, tough to do, even with nice weapons around you. Um, Another team that's probably trying to cover up a bad quarterback, the Patriots. Uh, (laughs) I think they'd like to have that pick back with uh, Mac Jones. But either way, they get the win. Bill Belichick's 300th career win. Um, third most all time as the Patriots take down the bills on last second touchdown there. Um, my guy, Mike Kosicki. I like that. I like that. Uh, Penn state guy there getting the game winning touchdown, but I'm in the, I'm not, I'm not in this league, but I, we do a little thing at work where we pick games. You, you can't pick the same team twice. Um, but you pick a winner each week and a lot of people had the bills, and I was like, ah, I don't know. I ended up going with the Seahawks. Hey, I was right. Um, but a lot of people picked the bills, and hey, ah, it's tough. AFC East, when you come into Foxborough there, Bill Belichick's one of the guys you don't really bet against, even the way the Bills or the, well, the way the Bills have looked and the way the Patriots have looked this season. Bill Belichick's still not a guy that I really want to bet against because – especially in these division games. it's He's a defensive genius. Now, granted, it sure seems like he's an offensive moron, but he's a defensive <laughs> genius, and that is worth something when you're trying to stop a prolific duo like Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, for some reason, I've been seeing the disrespect go around for Bill Belichick more and more recently. Look, I understand this Patriots team is not what it was. Tom Brady left. You know, you want to say all this shit about him, whatever. But listen, Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time. I'm sorry. And I feel like it's stu- it's stupid that I need to say this. Because I've been <laughs> seeing it all around social media for some reason. I don't understand why. But, um, yeah, I mean, this does not shock me at all. Nothing the Patriots do shocks me anymore. Um, th- the fact is, the Bills have been shaky these last few years and they're not a for sure thing as much as as much as we think you know Mm -hmm. they can go in one week absolutely blow out their opponent but the next week they go into foxborough and they lose you know when we when all of us me you and Mello, when we make our picks um for the sunday slate of games and every time i see the bills i never know I'm. I always have to second guess myself. I, I, I really do, dude. I have to really like. Like, I'll, I'll look at these teams here, and I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll pick the Browns. Okay, I'll pick the Giants. You know, whatever. But when I look at the Bills, I actually got to click on it, and I got to look into it. You know, it's that's where the Bills have gotten for me, at least. So this does not shock me at all. Um, the Patriots did what they had to do against a uh, against a division opponent. And, uh, yeah, Bill Belichick is still one of the greatest coaches of all time. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, on the Bills' side, like you said, they're shaky. Josh Allen, you don't exactly always know what you're going to get with him. He's a little loose with the exactly. football. Um, and it sort of obviously started that way in his college days, and then they drafted him, and he was sort of able to fix that, turn that around a little bit, and then you sort of see it creeping back in, in especially this la- this year. Um, an interception and a fumble in this game, and that's two possessions right there, and you lost by one. So even if you were able to 
wait a little bit longer to throw that interception hypothetically um it still could have been enough to save you the game ironically enough um but i don't that's the player he is that's what makes him electric is how bold he is and Mm -hmm. he's not afraid to take the hit but then that costs him when he's not able to get down in time and he takes a big hit and he loses the football or he's trying to fit in a tight spot and well, he's not afraid to throw it, which is good half the time, but that other half of the time where he just misses his spot a little bit or the safety comes over and is there to pick it off. It's you like it, but then you hate it at the same time. It's like, it's, it's a tough spot to be in with him. Obviously uh, he's a great, great quarterback, electric quarterback, but some things probably, I, I think the bills would like to clean up a little bit with Josh Allen. Uh, and, it might be tough to do that because he's got the reputation. He's got the ego that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. There's not a lot he has to fix. And there's a few things, you know, a little rough around the edges. A little, he could be a little more of a polished quarterback, but still great. Still a great team in Buffalo. I, I still think they win the AFC East. I like them a little more than Miami at this point. Um, but, I don't know. It's like you said, you have to think about it a little bit picking them going forward. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um last game we wanted to touch on, I think. What was the last game we wanted to touch on? That was the oh, I'm sorry. It was uh Detroit and Baltimore. Detroit and Baltimore, that's right. Um Lions. Like I said at the top, I, what are we doing here? You know, we're we're getting into this stage where we're like, all right, lines. We're gonna start to have gonna have to start respecting you here, Jared Goff. You're a legit quarterback. Like, you're the guy there. You're not just a placeholder. You're not just a bridge quarterback. You're the guy there. You got some nice weapons around you. You you drafted a weapon in Jameer Gibbs. You got these very nice receivers, Amon Ra St. Brown. You got Sam Laporta breaking out at the tight end this year. And then you go out and you have games like this against the Ravens. And it makes you think it's the same old Lions again. I don't I don't know where I lie with this team. Like Goff did not have a very good game. Thirty three for fifty three. Two hundred eighty four yards, no touchdowns and an interception. That's tough. That, that's a tough game right there. And your guy, Almond Ross St. Brown, he still did his thing. 13 for 102, but Goff had two fumbles too. And that's – it's tough to overcome. Like, the Ravens – I think the Ravens are a little underrated, me personally. Um, but still, the Lions, you got to make this close at least. I – it should be a, a two-score game at at the worst. Like the odds, I'm sure were lines either lines were probably like minus. No, no, they were probably like plus three. The the Ravens were probably favorites definitely because it was in Baltimore there. But it was definitely not double digits, and it was close. And there were lots of people taking the Lions at plus money. I'm sure. Um, I don't know. I where do you stand with this team? Yeah, so Jared Goff obviously had a bad game. You kind of touched on that a bit. And uh, St. Brown, I feel like he made Goff look a lot better than what he actually was. Um, You take away his yards there, um, that's that's not a good game at all. Um, No. Yeah, like you said, only 284 yards with the kind of weapons that Detroit has really put around Jared Goff. And now listen, I'm not going to sit here and talk shit on Jared Goff because I think he's a damn good quarterback when he's in the right system and he is in the right system that's the thing I th- I think this was just a blunder of a game I think that's what it comes down to uh, I'm obviously not out on this Detroit team but they got to be better than this this is just pathetic in my eyes um, and listen I understand Ravens are a good team and I do agree with you on that the that Baltimore is underrated I, I really yeah. do think they are um but you were just outperformed on all levels. Um, I I really thought that Detroit was going to come in here and win. I, I really did. Um, but like I said, man, um, 
I think I think it was just a blunder of a game. At least that's what I'm going to tell myself because I do believe in this Detroit team and I want them to do good. They they were they were probably the worst run franchise in all of sports in the last I don't know <laughs> 20 years. So it's nice to see them back on top again. Um, and I'm rooting for him. I really am. But Lamar Jackson had his way with this defense. Dude, 357 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and he went 21 for 27. That's a hell of Six a game Six incompletions. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that props to him, man. I mean, and he was spreading the ball. Dude, their top receiver was Edwards, who had 80 yards. Like, yeah. I, he was spreading that ball, man. And that's what Lamar Jackson does amazing. And another thing, too, I like how Lamar Jackson has formed himself into more of a quarterback. Mm. He's th- These running back jokes have kind of gone silent a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you, you see him. He's in that pocket. And usually he would just take off and get the extra yards. Dude, he's in the pocket, and he is waiting. He's just waiting. Yep. And his O-line's yep. giving him the time. And that's what I like to see out of Lamar Jackson. He can become one of the top quarterbacks in the league without an argument very easily if he goes more towards the passer game. And that's what he's been doing, man. And he looks damn good doing it. He's still got his legs there for whenever he needs them. So, like I said, Lamar Jackson just overtook this Lions defense, and it was a, a thing of beauty to watch that happen. Yeah, they brought in a new offensive quarter uh, coordinator. They stole him from Georgia Bulldogs, and he's been he's been implementing a new style of offense there, and that's been it's been great for Lamar. And like you said, if he can be a competent to above average passer, which he is, like he he's not a bad actual throwing quarterback. He's good in the pocket now, and. That makes him an elite quarterback because he is a dual threat. You know, he's yep. one of the most electric, if not the most electric guy in the open field in the NFL with the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. Like, he's more electric than a lot of wide receivers and running backs. Yep. And then you put him in the pocket, like you said, and he can drop a dime to OBJ on any given mm-hmm. any given play. To Mark Andrews, you know, to any of these guys. I'm glad the Ravens got him weapons. I I really hope that that last game against the Steelers was just a bit of a stinker and uh, it's just a average AFC North game where there's going to be it's a rivalry. You're going to lose one of those, two of those every year. Mm-hmm. I like this Ravens team going forward. I do. I, I believe in them. And this just sort of it's another it's another brick in their wall at this point. It's like hey. It, it's another reason to believe in them going forward that they got the right system there for Lamar, the right pieces around him. And yeah, I think, I think they got a bright future ahead of them. Oh yeah, for sure. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much going to cover it. I got to get a little piece in, in here on my Eagles, uh, debut in the <laughs> Kelly green unis last night. Ooh, looked fantastic in my opinion. Um, Jalen Hurts, you had a nice game last night. You, you looked pretty good when you were able to roll out and make some nice throws. Um, A.J. Brown is a beast. Thank you, Titans, for that. And thank you for the trade we made with the Titans today. And Kevin Byard, um, strengthen up that secondary a little bit, hopefully. And, yeah, I, I like where the birds are at going forward. Uh, I feel like that Jets game... I don't want to say it's a fluke because no hate on the Jets at all. Um, but you're going to lose games, and they did there. So Jalen Hurts had a bad game. No excuses there. But going forward, I feel really great about the Eagles. And, yeah, I, I feel great about them. The Dolphins fraud watch a little bit. Um, <laughs> potential fraud. Uh, but I don't know. I, I feel good about the Eagles going forward. That's for sure. Um, but, yeah. Thanks for stopping by, Kyle, on the uh, NFL side. Appreciate it. Anytime, man. All right, now we're bringing in Mello. A little college football talk. Wasn't a great uh, Saturday for either of our programs. Um, obviously, Penn State loses to Ohio State again. I mean, that's uh, that's 
it's what it comes to. It's what it's come to at this point. But I maybe had a little bit higher hopes. And USC loses to Utah again. Um, seems to be their house of horrors at this point, or you know, team of horrors. But uh, what other games do we want to touch on too? Uh, I mean, you just mentioned it. You you, you guys lost too, and seems like yeah. the whole country was watching <laughs> that game. And then uh, I guess we'll touch on Washington because a week ago they everybody in the country was arguing that they should be the fourth team in the playoff over Florida State, and now it's like, wait a minute, we we don't want them in either. They had a letdown over the weekend. But uh, we got to start with USC. Uh, Let's just rip the Band-Aid off now. Uh, This season's over for your USC Trojans. Um, You know, I was thinking about this earlier in a couple weeks, and especially after they lost to Utah. Last season... They were four quarters away from the college football playoff. Of course, they lost to Utah. Part of it was because Utah is really good and they're a good program. The other part of it is because Caleb Williams got hurt. But doesn't matter. Washington played better than us. I'm not taking that away from them. Um, the expectation coming into this season was national championship or bust. That's what the players were telling you. That's what Lincoln Riley was telling you. And us, the fans of this program and the media here in Los Angeles, felt for it. And maybe it wasn't right of us to fall into that trap. Because last year, I think we all thought what's going on this year was going to happen last year. They finished, I want to say, 11 and... uh, 10 and 3 I think 11 something like that but they exceeded their expectations last year. They beat UCLA. They beat they beat uh Notre Dame. They did they played very well with a couple hiccup games. The only thing they lost to was Utah. And then mm-hmm. Tulane in the bowl game in the Cotton Bowl. But they exceeded expectations last year. And I think we just there was too much hype going into this team this year, and from the beginning it looked great. I was like, okay, they're steamrolling these schools, they're doing what they're supposed to do, and then all of a sudden it flipped. Kind of when they got to Arizona State, that's when things started to change. Defense was not playing well. Caleb Williams looked human for the first time in his collegiate career. Lincoln Riley is not the genius that we all thought he was. He still is, but. <laughs> just not coaching up it just it it looks off and you know everybody was warning us and we all knew that we're in the middle of this gauntlet of a schedule right now and we knew it was coming we knew notre dame was coming we knew washington we knew utah was coming oregon and washington are probably licking their chops to get a handle with this usc defense right now and then you know, we'll beat Cal, and then we have UCLA, which is a rivalry game, and anything can happen. So, extremely disappointing, but maybe we were too, getting a little too excited for this USC team this year. It's definitely possible. Obviously, the hype around Caleb Williams was insane. Um, between just Heisman hype and then, like you said also, insane national championship hype for the team this year. So the pressure was on from him being, from him winning the Heisman last year to him possibly repeating this year to being the number one overall pick to being one of the highest touted prospects since guys like Andrew Luck. And pressure was on. And this defense was never really... uh, Never really in a good spot to be able to hold up 
um, on the other side of the football because the offense, we thought the offense wouldn't be a problem at all. Turned out, uh, Caleb Williams can have a bad game every once in a while, and he's doing a lot to sort of carry that offense. So if he has a bad game, which he did just two weeks ago, and he didn't have a great game against uh, Utah either. Um, it's very possible that this USC team was going to lose, and that's happened now. So it's going to be interesting to see how this affects. Obviously, he's not the favorite to win the Heisman anymore, but how it affects his uh, how he looks in the draft, or how teams look at him in the draft. Do they take it to heart these last couple weeks? Do they? Um, sort of say, hey, it's going to happen. Everybody else has bad games, and we expect it to happen, but it's sort of been different with him. Tough to say. Um, I think I still think teams are very high on him, and he's, in my eyes, still the number one, clear number one pick. But you, these last games didn't help his stock at all. That's for sure. Um, now, USC's season was already sort of a bust because – at this point in the year, because if you don't, in my eyes, if you don't make it to the college football playoff, your season's kind of a bust. So it kind of sucks because there's only four teams that make it every year for now. Um, but even there's a chance they make the Pac-12 championship. It's not a great chance, especially if they lose to Oregon or Washington coming up here. Um, but there's still a shot at least. Um but you kind of know at this point you're probably not making it to the college football playoff. And at that point, season's kind of a waste, a bust. You know, it's tough to feel motivated, feel uh, great about the team going forward. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'm sort of surprised. I, I honestly thought they were – at the beginning of the season – we talked about this, whether it was on the podcast or not, I don't know. I sort of thought they were overrated. USC was. I thought Penn State should have been rating uh, ahead of them. In a head-to-head matchup right now, I I honestly think my Nittany Lions would win. I honestly think so. And I guess it's possible we could see it in a bowl game. Not likely, but it's possible. Um, but I thought they were a little overhyped coming into the season. Then they started blowing out opponents. I thought, hey, they're really good. There's a good chance they make the playoff and now i'm sort of back to yeah i don't think there's any chance so yeah i they're done playoff and you know if it was any other year in this four team playoff system if you win out and you go 11 and 2 or 10 and 2 or whatever it is and you know let's just say you make it to the Pac-12 championship game and you win it, you're going to a Rose Bowl game. And just to give you some, you know, uh, some context here, going to the Rose Bowl game for USC is a big deal because they've won it up. They're the school that's won it the most, and it's in our backyard here in Pasadena. So it's basically another USC home game, and it's a big deal. So I would buy into it. And I'd be perfectly fine with they went out, get to the play, get to the uh, Pac-12 championship game, win it, play in a Rose Bowl game. But that's not happening this year because the Rose Bowl game, of course, is one of the semifinal games this year. So unless yep. you're in that top four team, you know, a Rose Bowl for USC is out, and you're gonna have to play in one of these, you know, the Cheez It Bowl or something, or the whatever bowl. <laughs> so. It, it's 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 a, a it's like taking two steps back after a good year last year because you know when we lost to Utah I was like okay this is gonna get fixed it sucks we were four quarters away from you know the college football playoff and probably getting murdered by Georgia but um, I, I really wanted to see what that was like you know maybe we stay in the game and maybe we win it and you never know but extremely disappointing. And this defense is a huge problem. If Alex Grinch, and it's sad that I know his name, if he's still the defensive coordinator next year, <laughs> that's a problem. He's got to go. Because clearly something's not working. This defense, 
They should not be giving up nearly 40 points a game. That's a problem. That's, yeah, part of it falls on him. Part of it, you have to think, falls on Lincoln Riley. He does a lot of the recruiting. And when he's uh, – I, I I don't know how much time he spends recruiting defensive players. Obviously, that's not a, you know, a statistic that's tracked or anything. But you sort of would think that – he doesn't spend quite as much time when the offense is clearly his baby and he's a total offensive guy anyway. Um, but he still has to have a hand in recruiting defensive guys as well. Um, but yeah, a disappointing season on the whole for USC. Um, moving on, we said about my uh, Penn State and the Lions off the top. And uh, I got my feelings again? out. Yeah, in Ohio State. Um the I got my State feelings University. out a little bit in got my feelings out a little bit in the uh a video I made Saturday. Um a lot of Penn State fans echoing how I felt. Um but Penn State loses again to Ohio State and it's been nine of the last ten years and eventually that will one win in twenty sixteen will phase out and it'll be Penn State loses ten of the last ten years to Ohio State. Um, we'll get to that point in the, like three or four years here. It took a once-in-a-generation player, an all-time great college football player in Saquon Barkley to beat Ohio State the one year that you did. And the reason that Penn State's uh, our hype was a little bit different this year was we changed quarterbacks. Obviously, Sean Clifford played his final 15th season at Penn State in in college football and went on to get drafted by your Green Bay Packers um, and to be a backup there. But then it was supposed to be the next generation, a change of the guard, and not from a quarterback who handicaps us, but to a quarterback that elevates us in Drew Aller. And that's sort of why we were so – we were like, hey, this year's different. Can we make a college football playoff? You know, our defense has looked great. I think we can do it this year. Well, in the biggest game of his career so far, Drew Aller didn't play great. And part of it's on him, part of it's on the uh, offensive play calling, <laughs> offensive schemes, all of that stuff. Because I, I could give you a nice long rant about James Franklin and his decision making. Because uh, I, I, I don't think it's very creative in how he draws up plays to get our two electric running backs and uh, Singleton and Allen, get them the ball. I don't think it's great. Handing up the middle is not a very creative play, especially when the defensive line of Ohio State is a strength. Um, but like I said, disappointing game, and you're our only hope going forward to possibly make a playoff, make the playoff, is you got to – win against Michigan and have Ohio State win out and you have to win the rest of these games convincingly. You can't mess around with any of these teams um and you have to beat Michigan I don't want to say convincingly but you have to beat them. Um and then you got to at least make the Big 10 championship. Well, maybe not, maybe not. You don't have to make the Big 10 championship, but you got to finish with at least the same record as Michigan. And you maybe got to have like a better point differential, a couple more convincing wins than Michigan. Because let me tell you right now, the committee is 100% choosing a one-loss Michigan team over a one-loss Penn State team at this point. Even if both of those losses are to Ohio State, um, Michigan's had some more convincing wins. And they've just been regarded as a better team so far this season. So you're really hoping for two Michigan losses here, which it does not seem very likely that that's going to happen unless somehow they get a uh, banned from the playoff this year and uh, <laughs> surprising change of events with these cheating allegations uh, coming out quite amusing if you ask me, but um, anyway, uh, props to Ohio state Marvin Harrison jr. Uh, destroyed our defense, our secondary, um, yeah, that's the real difference maker there is we don't have a guy like him. Uh, we have uh, Lambert Smith, but he's not a Marvin Harrison Jr. He's not that top guy who can change the dynamic of the game, change how defensive schemes uh, against you. 
and that's really really the tail of the tape right there. Um, but what did you get as an outsider watching the whole game? SOS, same old story. Penn State will get their ten their ten wins every year, and their two losses are to Michigan and Ohio State. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a never ending cycle, it seems like, and I feel bad because I would like to see Penn State, you know, beat one of these big schools and get into a playoff and turn the tide a little bit. But defense is really damn good too. It is. They were the big story too. The Ohio State defense and yeah, on top of all these things that you need to have just to have a chance at the playoff of your Penn State, I think with that defense, that might be the end all be all. If they're gonna play like that every week, Ohio State's gonna be tough to beat, as they are every year. And again, I don't know how many years of this. And for me, it's it's fun because I love the rivalry, but. It's going to come down to Michigan-Ohio State again. Whoever loses that game is out. Whoever wins that game is probably in. So, I know it sucks for a Penn State fan. You know, I I don't know what can change. You know, you can recruit all you want. But it sucks because on the other side, it is Ohio State. You can recruit. You can do whatever you want. It's like Ohio State is just... They're the Buckeyes. That's what they do. They're going to win these games. But Ohio State's one of the best teams in the country. And even on days when they don't have their best offense, their defense can kill you too. Yeah. And they showed that. They held Penn State to – they had like one first down in the whole second half till that last drive – which was garbage time anyway, but um, the offense was not doing anything that whole game. It was what was it, like ten to six at halftime too. I mean, it was it was. Let's not sell uh, short sell. They had their chances. Short. Penn State's defense was pretty good, especially in the first half as well. Um, there was a lot of a lot of punts, a couple field goals, um, and obviously the difference being Ohio State was able to score touchdowns and Penn State was not. Um, but yeah, like you said, props to Ohio State's defense. They're no joke. And I, I sort of lean towards, uh, Michigan being the better team as of right now, uh, between Michigan and Ohio State. Um, I agree with that, but you never know in like rivalry games. It's very, very easy for, uh, the script to be flipped, um, and the underdog win and even Michigan or Ohio State wouldn't be that big of an underdog against Michigan, so it's very possible that uh, Ohio State could win, and very also possible that we see both of them in the college football playoffs, depending how uh, the ACC like shakes year. out. Um, seeing how the SEC shakes out, I mean Georgia seems to be a shoe in at this point, but uh, we don't know how Bama season goes the rest of the way. How. Uh, like I said, the ACC, how uh, Florida State season goes the rest of the way. Um, but, yeah, definitely two two strong opponents in Michigan and Ohio State that Penn State hasn't been able to overcome in the last, like, five years. So, at this point, they're not able to take that next step. And until they are, yeah, like you said, we get our ten wins and two losses every year. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's about the tail of the tape there. Um, one day, Matt. One day. I I sure hope so. I thought this year was going to be. The and, and, but uh, and before we get off of this, OH. Come on now, I ain't doing that. No, no. <laughs> come on now. No, we are baby. Yeah, I know you do that too. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I've given you a hey, fight we, on on here before. That's true. I don't know what is Penn State's <laughs> chant. What do they do? Yeah, we are. We are Penn State. Oh, we are Penn State. Okay, there we go. There you go. Yeah, I say we are. You say Penn State. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, H. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> I ain't, I'm not giving you that mellow. Come on now. I'm not giving it's okay. you that. Not, I'll I get it know. out of you one day. I don't know. Um. 
uh, we we'll touch on Washington real quick here. Uh, they they almost blew a game to um, Arizona Arizona State. State. Yeah, um, Sun Devils. That's right. I I always thought they were a uh, cool team, not the cool Wildcats, name, but uh, yeah, yeah, never been a uh, never been too good at bat or football. Decent at basketball, not too great. Um, but anyway, Washington's high power offense gets shut down, and uh, we said about Caleb Williams looking human. Michael Penix Jr. looked pretty human too in that game. Um, hey, you, you're the Pac-12 at dark guy, so let's hear the tail of the tape here. I mean, to me, it was just kind of. I mean. You went all out, and there was so much emotion behind the Oregon game last week. At home, top 10 matchup between the schools for the first time in in their program's history. You know, Michael Penix and Bo Nix are essentially battling for the Heisman. And just an emotional win. You know, you saw Penix in his in-game interview after the game last Saturday, almost in tears. And... The betting favorites had him as the favorites, and rightfully so. To me, it was just kind of a letdown. Just coming off an emotional game, an emotional week. You know, the whole university is going bananas right now because they're a top five school in the nation. And before last Saturday, you can make a very good case that they should be, they should get the last spot in the playoff this year. And they still might. They they still yeah. can go win out these games convincingly. They can still go out and win a Pac-12 championship. And if an undefeated Washington team with a Pac-12 championship, I'm sorry to the SEC and the ACC, Washington's going to get in. I hate to break it to everybody else, but they're going to. Undefeated, Pac-12 is not a push-away conference anymore for the last time in history. Um, <laughs> you know, they'll have convincing wins against... You know, Oregon, you know, let's see what happens with USC in a couple weeks. I'm sure Utah's in there if if they haven't played them or they beat them already. Um, And then, you know, they might have to play Oregon again in the Pac-12 championship game because it's no longer uh, north and south anymore. It's it's Mm -hmm. top two teams record-wise play at Levi Stadium in December. So um, to me, it was just, just a letdown. They're fine. Michael Penix is still a baller. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. It's just, to me, it was just coming off of an emotional win. They just had a letdown. They'll be okay. Yeah. It, it's going to happen. Um, it's just a little little bit of a scare when it happens to such a bad team like Arizona State. And when you're such a high-flying offense, and you only score 15 points. Um, it's not even – they didn't even have, like, a, a look-ahead game. It's not like they were looking past Arizona State. They got Stanford next week. Um, and that should be that should be a 43-6 to six game, honestly. So, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Arizona State, sort of like the – Spoiler of the Pac-12, even though they didn't they didn't win these games, but they uh, gave USC a nice little test, a nice little scare, and now at this point Washington too. So I guess watch out for them going forward, maybe. Um, but I don't know. It, it's you're gonna have these games. Every school, pretty much every school's had them this year. Michigan's like one of the only teams that hasn't had a scare in the top ten or hasn't lost in the top ten at this point, and yeah, and they're still not ranked number one somehow. Um, but like I said, it's going to happen. Not too worried about Washington. I honestly think they'll be sneaking in the playoff at this point. Um, but never know how the game against USC could go. Utah's defense could slow them down. They could lose a Pac-12, a Pac-12 championship to Oregon. And at that point... Oregon's won one and lost one to Washington. Depending how that victory goes, who knows what the uh, committee thinks. It's tough to say. Um, unless you got anything else, I, I want to ask who your, what your college football playoff, uh, what your four, four teams look like at this point. 
Michigan one, Georgia two, Ohio State three, Washington four. That's my okay. top four right now. Okay. Yeah, I'd say yours. Michigan one, Georgia two. I I hate to put Ohio State, but I they have the a great resume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a great resume at this point. I say I I'll say Ohio State three. I'm torn between Florida State and uh, Washington or Oregon, but I think I'm gonna put Florida State in still at this point. Um, they still have that win against LSU, which it looked great to start the season. Then it was trending down. Much, now no. it's starting. It uh. it means a little bit more. You know, LSU has a great offense. I mean, they can't stop anybody. Um, but the fact that LS or FSU slowed down LSU's offense a little bit means something. So I think I'm still going to sneak Florida state in there. Plus they kind of have a wide open lane to win the ACC. With Clemson That's why I down. give it a Washington. So you think it's since it's a little bit of a tougher road for Washington that they deserve a little more? They deserve it, but you know the committee, they they never watch a game past eight thirty. So you know they'll probably still put Florida <laughs> State in there because they don't watch games past eight thirty local time where they're at in Florida or wherever they do their damn voting committee. <laughs> Pac twelve conference is easier is. Harder though this year, definitely than the ACC. Definitely. Yeah. All right, so that's gonna that's gonna close out the episode here. Um. Yeah, good episode. Lots of lots of great football over the weekend. Great weekend in the NFL, like like we talked about with Kyle, and great in college football, as we just touched on with Mello. And yeah, uh, we'll see you again next Monday. See ya. Adios.